Hey, Pillow Talkers. Welcome back. On this episode, we have Elizabeth Cunningham, my friend and relationship coach. She's my friend. She is not my relationship coach, <laughs> but she is a relationship coach and she's a damn good one. Highly, highly recommend, uh, especially if you're looking to do really deep one-on-one work. She's also poly and she's queer and can speak very deeply into both of those experiences. The woman's got a shit ton of knowledge. So check her out, reach out to her. She has my seal of approval. So before we get into all the goodness with Miss Elizabeth, I also want to let you know that I am offering, starting today, starting the day this episode comes out, I'm going to be offering a flash sale on my program, Flirt Harder. This is a digital program, so you get access to the content right away. It's self-paced. You go through at your own pace. You get access to the content forever. You can watch it over and over and over again until you master it and just flirt your little tush off and become better and better, better and flirter, and you can thank me later. Because <laughs> once you master this, once you master this art of creating attraction and you really understand what creates attraction and how to spot flirtation and how to read feedback and all of these things. First of all, life's just a lot more fun because you can flirt your way through life. And also people are just going to be a lot more attracted to you. (laughs) Point blank. So uh, I'm offering both a discount and a payment plan, which I'm actually pretty excited about for just a few days. Uh, It'll be available for just a few days. So definitely hop on that. Definitely take advantage of that while that's there. I'm not sure when I'll offer it again at this price point with the payment plan. So you can go Find the details on that. Get direct access to all of the content. There's uh, nine hours of official training and then a handful of hours of bonus trainings that I have thrown in there. And I probably will throw in more in the future, which you'll also get access to. So you can get started right away. Go to coraboydcoaching.com slash flirt harder and uh, thank me later. Relax. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. (sighs) Welcome to Pillow Talk Radio, the most delicious place to be. On this podcast, we explore how to create more connection, possibility, romance, and magic, and love, and in life. I'm your host and relationship specialist, Cora Boyd. Are you with me? Hello, little pillow talkers. My friend Elizabeth Ann Cunningham is here today. I call her by her rightful and her full name because I always do. I met her once at a party at our mutual friend Chelsea's house. And a mere hour later, we were all naked in the hot tub. (laughs) (laughs) Off to an excellent start. Elizabeth is a badass relationship coach and someone I send clients to whenever there is something outside the, the scope of my knowledge, right? Mostly pertaining to the queer experience and polyamory because Elizabeth knows so much about both of those. So without further ado, Elizabeth, first, before we get an introduction, can we just get a good guffaw from you? Because- Oh my God, can we? uh, I'm like, like, think of something funny. Think of something funny. (laughs) No, I I have to make a joke. I have to make you laugh. You have Um, to make me laugh. You have to, there you go. I'm just going to make a face. (laughs) There you go. You got it. There you go. I did it. (laughs) 
No, it is. I'm literally the easiest person to make laugh, and I have the biggest, craziest laugh ever. (laughs) I always talk about with my clients that, you know, so much of attraction and magnetism is in how people feel around you. And people feel great, or I feel great around you, because I just feel like I'm hilarious. (laughs) Like, well, I think you that you are hilarious. Feel, thank you. Thank you. But you make me feel so funny. And I'm like, I want to be around Elizabeth more often. <laughs> this is really good for my self-esteem. Yay! Well, I want to be around you more often, so I'm glad that my plan is working. <laughs> <laughs> good thing we're collabing left and right. Yes, Elizabeth and her partner Brandy just visited with the Love School girls, which was so much fun. So often we got to hear the genesis of their relationship which is quite a tale. Very much. I could tell that story on and on and on. And actually, uh, to go back to like the magnetism, because I know that that's like something you're talking about as well. I actually went on a date with with this guy. So I'm pansexual. So I, no one is safe from my love. That's what I say about my, (laughs) my sexual orientation. No one is safe from my love. And uh, on a date with this guy and also just get a glimpse of like what it's like to date me I was like okay you know how this date is going like super well and he was like uh yeah and I was like okay so this is what happens with me I have fun doing anything like I really do like I really can find the fun in anything and so therefore when I go on like first dates with people it always goes well and they always want a second date but that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily attracted to them like that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like you know, we're on, right? Like, this is a thing. I was like, so just to let you know, I'm going to be having fun the entire time. And we're just going to be in communication about if we're actually attracted to each other or not, because you can't take my fun as an indication of my attraction. <laughs> I feel you on that so hard. I really do. I, I, I honestly, I've, I've evaluated this and I don't think I've ever gone on a bad date. I've gone on dates where I wasn't into it. I've gone on dates where I wasn't attracted to the other person. All variety of dates, but Mm -hmm. I I don't, I can't think of any date I've gone on where I didn't have a good time. Because even if it was ridiculous, I was having fun with myself being like, this is ridiculous. And like going to the bathroom and being like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I was having fun no matter what. I'm so totally. happy to hear you say that. Totally. Exactly. Oh my gosh. We could, we could actually just have a podcast about the ridiculous first dates. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, what we want to talk about, what I want to talk about, what you want to talk about was uh, opening up relationships and also just like the process of opening up in general, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because I think that it is, there's like definitely underlying concepts of opening up a relationship and opening up other places in your life. And I think that sometimes people are like, oh, well, it's all different in different categories. And I think that the nuances are different for sure. Mm -hmm. Like different feelings come up you know, you say different things, like opening up a business, you don't say the same things as you would in opening up a relationship, right? Yeah. But like the same processes and like steps and spaces are are similar. And I love this topic because like this is the topic that I get asked about probably in my top five categories of like polyamory and open relationships is like, how would you open up a relationship if it's like already monogamous? Or how do you start exploring the world of polyamory and open relationships when all you've ever done Mm -hmm. is 
you know, being in monogamous relationships, you know, I think that one of the, one of the biggest things that I think people run into that they don't realize that they run into is this, what is the fear? What is like your fear telling you? And I think that people often are like, oh, well, I'm afraid. So therefore I should do like a full stop. Yes. Instead of like actually examining what that fear is you know, because all new things are scary. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't pursue it or that you can't pursue it. It's just that all new things are scary. There's like a level of fear and like, there's like the unknowns. And then there's all the stories that you tell yourself, like, you know, oh, well, I can't do it. Or, you know, it's gonna, these are all the bad things that are going to go wrong. You know, like all this stuff, like all of that comes flooding in. And then we just like stop before we even start. Yeah. I love like five things. I'm just going to stop you so I can like point out all the things about what you just said before we continue. The first is that you're talking about this concept of opening up right like there there's so many ways to understand that whether it's like expanding or like opening up a relationship also opening like when you said opening up a business we were talking like a, a handful of minutes ago before we dove in we were talking about the process of opening up our podcast to more subject matter than just yes. like dating and relationships we're like well we're interested in a lot of things plus Dating and relationships is, it's not a separate area of life. It's something that encompasses literally all areas of your life. And the concept of relationships is relevant to literally everything because you have a relationship. I I have a relationship to my business. You have a relationship to coffee. You have a relationship (laughs) to the corporate world, right? You have a relationship to ideas, like relationships are everywhere. So when we start examining relationships, we start examining literally everything. And and something Mm -hmm. I said a lot before, and like why I find the kind of work we do to be so gratifying, like so interesting is that Mm -hmm. it truly is a microcosm to look at everything under the sun. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I actually, I had a client reach out to me um, last night to which actually for anyone who has like a client-based business who doesn't have a way for them to reach out to you on a regular basis, you need to do that because having your clients reach out to you on a regular basis is one of the greatest things ever. That's another like scary thing. They're like, but then they'll be able to get a hold of me. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she was saying that something that got brought up in our coaching session last week, she actually used at work and she works in like the legal legal world. So it was something around like mediation in the legal world. And she, uh, she was like, oh my God, she's like, Elizabeth, she's like, what you told me, what I got coaching around on our session last Friday around like her, you know, romantic relationships was something that she directly applied and used at work and was effective. She was like, it was so effective. And I was just like, fuck yes, fuck Yes, you can look at relationships and you have a relationship to everything and you can literally apply these principles everywhere. It's not like romantic relationships and dating are like some vacuum. Like it's actually a microcosm for the rest of your life. Exactly, exactly. And a phrase I love and that I come back to a lot is how we do one thing is typically how we do all things. (laughs) Totally, absolutely. So when we start looking at, oh, oh, I'm being really avoidant here. It's like, ooh, Mm -hmm. what are all the other ways I'm being avoidant in my life? Or like, 
I'm hyperbolizing everything with no evidence here in my relationship. Oh, where else am I doing that? Right. It's like, it's so, 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 so fucking true that like when you start doing any kind of this like relational work, as you said, you can apply these principles everywhere and you need to because a relationship is the process of sharing life with another person. It's not like, Oh, we just share our romantic stuff. It's like, no, like you share everything. Yeah, and our confidence in one area of our life like feeds into confidence in another area so it's just so relevant the second thing that I loved of what you said and and I damn I harp on this one a lot as well because it's so fucking important is getting curious around fear and recognizing Mm. that we're like any new thing i.e any kind of growth any kind of expansion all of that is uncertain territory and we register uncertain territory as scary because we yeah. don't have a roadmap for it yet so it's not to and, and you also use the phrase like stopping before we've even started that's what i see a lot especially in some of the questions or fears that can come up around dating or like even starting to date right it's like yeah Wait, what do i text if i say what do i what do i if I say if i blah 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 i see this pattern quite frequently of people wanting to have all of the answers before going into a situation and you're just not gonna you're just not gonna have never it's just, just never, never gonna going to happen. It's, yeah. it's absolutely never going. You can read all of the books. Yeah. You can talk to all the coaches. You can listen to all the podcasts. You can watch all the YouTube videos. And there is literally never going to be enough information that you can gather that will have you be prepared for everything and anything that could possibly happen. And also who has the time to do all that research before you go and live your life? Just go live your life and figure it out as you go. And then like, as things come up, then deal with those things, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What we're talking about here is our relationship with fear, creating a more conscious relationship with fear and our relationship with ourselves, relationship with self-trust, because Mm -hmm. the ability, the confidence to go into an uncertain situation like a date, right? Or like like Mm -hmm. a relationship that's moving forward or a new kind of relationship with someone who we maybe like is wildly outside of the scope of who we've gone for before. Like all of that, to feel confident doing that, we need to have trust in our ability to navigate Mm. uncertain situations. And the way that we build that trust is by navigating uncertain situations and seeing time and time again, oh, I can handle myself. Okay, I don't know how the fuck to do this, but (laughs) I can handle myself. (laughs) Right, and what what I have people do is have commitments. Like what are you actually committed to? Because there's things that you're actually committed to that you don't even put words to. If you're interested in starting a romantic relationship, then you could say that what you're committed to is partnership, you're committed to love, you're committed to security, you're committed to stability, you're committed to, you know, like on and on and on. But like, but we don't say those things. We don't say like, we're just like, oh, I want a romantic relationship. And then it looks scary. And then we're like, what the fuck do I do? Mm-hmm. But if we use our commitments and it's like, okay, well, I'm committed to a relationship where I feel safe and I feel loved. Yes. Great. Awesome. So from there, you can actually start building your map. You're like, okay, well, if I want a relationship where I feel safe and I feel loved, 
then who are the people that I would be interested in? What are the dating platforms that I would use? What would I put on my profile if I'm trying to attract someone where I feel safe and I feel loved? Mm -hmm. Right? Like who am I, who am I being? Who am I being such that I'm attracting people who are loving and safe? Mm. Right. Cause if I'm just like crazy and like flying off the handles, like I don't think that loving safe people are going to be necessarily attracted to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that so much. And the commitment is to, is to what we want. Right. And, and mm -hmm. that is, that is what gives us points of reference where, as mm -hmm. you said, we start to kind of build out this map that can help quell the chatterings of fear. Right. Mm -hmm. We're like, Oh, okay. Well, like I can anchor myself in the, in the commitment to my standard of a relationship that is safe and loving and the commitment like I love I love everything you're saying I love, like we just get together and we're like yes I agree yes yes I also agree with that <laughs> yes. so, but with something I, I say with my clients too and it's really cool to kind of like uh notice the parallels and the and like notice kind of like how sometimes we're saying the same thing but we have we've developed different like syntax around it and totally to, like, yeah, yeah. each other's syntax and like I love starting to integrate some of yours and I hope like take anything you want to integrate I know. oh dude I I promise you I still whenever we talk I steal stuff from you I'm like ooh, I believe that and I've never said it in that way and I love the way she just said that I, every time every time <laughs> It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And I'm so glad to have conversations like this too. And coming back to commitments, but side note for a second, um, side note for a second, I think that like, it's so exciting. And, and anytime I've had other relationship coaches on the podcast too, I just think it's so cool to be able to jam out on this and like actually through these conversations, learn from each other so that we can both become more powerful in our coaching and like, yeah have this energy of camaraderie because I've just seen, you know, like sometimes in the coaching industry or like the dating industry, this like air of competition or this air of like, here's my methodology and I'm going to keep this to myself. Like the point is like, we need as many people as possible helping people have really awesome relationships. Um, yes. And if absolutely. we can learn from each other and <laughs> to, to like yeah. make that happen faster and better, let's fucking go. Let's go. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And like a lot of, I mean, some of what I'm saying is like, you know, my own thoughts and like, you know, views and things like that. But a lot of what I'm saying is like things that I've learned, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. the reason that I'm coaching is because I love teaching. I love learning and I love teaching and teaching and coaching are two separate things, but we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I love learning and I love teaching and, yeah. and I love coaching. And so inside of the learning that I've done, it's like, I'm just like, <gasps> everyone must know, like, you know, yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> like spread, spread the word, spread the right. word. And what I think is so cool about the coaching world too, is that that like there are so many coaches and like I don't see that as a bad thing whatsoever I actually think that's really great because different people are, are, are activated by different people so like some people listening to this may feel or like some of my listeners may feel more activated by you and like that's great right. they should go work with you right, right. <laughs> maybe some of your listeners are like feeling really activated by me and like that's awesome they should work with me they should work totally. with both of us if they're feeling activated by both of us but I think that's part of what's so important about coaching is like you're gonna see results in your life you're gonna see shifts in, in your life by working with people who activate you and different people yes. activate different people that's yes. why we need a lot of coaches which totally. is awesome 
close that little bow on that side note. Back to commitment. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's adorable. <laughs> okay. For so those of you, no one saw that, but Cora just tied a bow in the air. That was awesome. I did. I did. I did, a, I, did a, I was imagining I was like a little Disney Cinderella bird, like tying like. I saw the sparkles. I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> thank you thank you so something that i say kind of building off of what you're you're talking about with um commitments is a refrain i come back to with myself a lot actually this is something that i got from one of the coaches i work with is just this this refrain or this affirmation of like my commitment is to myself my commitment is to myself and my commitment is to the standard of relationships i want to have in my life mm. and i i bring this into client work by explaining that like being good quote good at dating right or like navigating the your love life successfully isn't about getting each individual instance to work out at all mm -hmm. it's about being so committed to that standard of i want a loving and safe relationship that you're going to redirect anyone who isn't that and it's Absolutely. not about, I see people wasting so much time being like, oh, in order to be successful at this, like, oh, okay. Like I need to know that like, I can get anyone to like me or like, I can get anyone to be into me. And like, right. this maybe. And you don't want that. You don't want everyone you don't want that. to yeah, like you. you. Want to redirect. Yeah. You want right. to be polarizing. As yeah. Much as which is why I said the thing to the guy on that date, which was like, we're going to have a great time. And that literally does not mean that this is like a thing, you know? Yeah. Because I love that like you just said, I love <laughs> that you said, you know how this date is going really well? <laughs> oh, good. Oh, yep. 100%. I said that. And he yeah. was, his reaction was, no one has ever said anything like that to me before. <laughs> I love it. Elizabeth is the queen of confident directness. If you need a, if you need a turbo shot of that, go listen to her podcast. <laughs> It's true. I like to speak a lot, but I don't mince words. And I love that. I think that we all need more of that because first of all, it's really attractive because mm -hmm. it's refreshing because most people don't do it. Second of all, it's really effective. Third so of all, effective. it's deeply fun. <laughs> it's deep. It's I love doing that too. Like I love just like say the thing. How like it feels so fucking empowering and liberating to be like, yes, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say what we're both thinking. <laughs> totally it, exactly mm -hmm. and it's also liberating for both people like even though it's uncomfortable and that kind of brings up again the, again this is kind of in the realm of like opening things up it's like being okay with being uncomfortable having the uncomfortable be just totally fine yeah it's just like it's okay to have things be uncomfortable sometimes like if you say something that's like absolutely true for you, like I wasn't like super attracted to this guy. Like I was just like, I was like, yeah, like I'm not, like I'm not super attracted to you. It's like, sure, that could, that could like make an uncomfortable moment. And we became friends and then we had another uncomfortable interaction and we're actually not friends anymore. But like, yeah. that's besides the point. But it, but all of that came from like, just honest, this is my intention. This is how I feel. This is da, 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 da. because like, even though it's an, it can make people uncomfortable and it's not always making people uncomfortable. Sometimes it like saying what you mean makes people just feel like totally alive and inspired too. Yeah. Super exciting. Um, but if it is something that makes someone feel uncomfortable, it's awesome because then you can actually deal with what's true. Mm -hmm. Like you can actually deal with reality 
Yes. Instead of like whatever polite conversation you are going to have that isn't going to make a difference, that's going to make them keep texting you, even though it's super annoying that they're texting you, even though the reason that it's annoying that they're texting you is just because you're not being honest with them in the first place. Mm -hmm. It all starts with you. Like that's my main thing with coaching is like it, it literally all starts with you. And one of the biggest things that you can do is be honest. And on top of that, Uh, One of the things you said before we started recording was, you know, when people ask you about open relationships, one of the things that you can do, and well, anybody who's listening can do this to themselves or any coaches who are listening can take this on, is like when someone talks about, well, me and my girlfriend, were talking about opening up our relationship, or my husband and I were having this conversation about possibly opening up our marriage or da, da, da. Why? Why are you doing that? And not in like a, a lot of times when people ask that question, it's from like a, you shouldn't, but like, like for real, why are you having that conversation? Yeah. What, what is the motive behind you wanting to open up? Because if your motive is like, oh, well, neither of us are happy. Adding more people is not going to make you happy. That's not how that works. It's like when you're not happy and then you want to have, and then you're like, oh, well, you know what would help is to have a baby. No, that's insane. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, let's add another human into this mess where we're not happy. No. <laughs> so that's my first red flag is like when people are like, oh, well, we're not happy or like, we just think that it might fix something. Mm-hmm. Right. Looking outward, right. I think kind of yeah. a theme in what you're talking about too is like, mm-hmm. Where are we looking to the externals when the true work is internal? And then exactly. from that place, we can address and create externals that are deeply fun and exciting and reflective of what's happening for us internally. Yeah, absolutely. And then, because if you're also, if you're coming from a place of fixing something, and then you add another person into the relationship in order to fix your relationship. Ew, gross. Like, I feel so sorry for the person you just added to your relationship. Like, ouch. Like, how terrible is that to like, like, how shitty would that feel to be like, oh, we're just adding you into this relationship to like fix something. Ugh, mm-hmm. no, don't do that. Being able to look internally and be like, okay, what's going on with me? Like, why am I unhappy in this relationship? you know, what needs aren't being met and like really dealing with that yourself first. And then whatever, you know, whatever that, that leads to then having a conversation with your partner about that being like, Hmm, I really discovered that like this need isn't being met, but not in a way that blames your partner for that in a way that takes responsibility. You're taking responsibility for your need not being met. Because it is only your responsibility. Your yeah. needs are only your Thank responsibility. Thank you. Say it again. <laughs> your needs are only your responsibility. Your needs are only your responsibility. Yes. We just say that for the rest. We'll just chant it yep. for the rest just of the chant podcast. It. We'll start banging on the table. That's going to be the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was listening to Elizabeth and Cora and it was all going really well, but then it kind of got culty, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. It's worth chanting, right? Because this is, where, like, this is the shift, right? This is the paradigm shift is realizing that whatever is happening for you relationally is a direct reflection of, mm-hmm. of what's happening with your relationship with yourself. 
we have to take responsibility for how we are even being aware of what our own needs are, right? How, how we're meeting our own needs. What you said earlier, and this is where I think, you know, a, a, a huge blind spot that once it gets cleared up, literally changes everything. And it's entirely mm-hmm. changed my life of recognizing mm-hmm. that I am responsible for myself. Yep. No one else is responsible for me. I am no responsible else. for myself and the reframe that I needed to move through for that. And that I see this come up in clients too, is that the reframe is responsibility is power. Mm. Responsibility. I think sometimes we get, it, it starts to collect gunk and we think of it as like, Oh, I don't, if I'm responsible for something, that means that I need to take ownership over it. Right. I need to right. go with it. Right. Like I'm yes. responsible for my vehicle. Right. I actually yeah. need to go get it checked out. Right. No one else <laughs> is going to do it for me. Right. Because like, right. I own it. I am responsible for it. Right. And the great yeah. thing is I own it. Right. So it's yeah. mine for the pleasure cruising. It's mine for all the stuff. Right. Yeah. And same thing with ourselves. We cannot change dick until mm-hmm. we take responsibility for ourselves and responsibility is power. It's not blame. Mm-hmm. Even yes. if, okay, like I'm responsible for my circumstances. I want to emphasize here too, that like sometimes shit happens, you know, sometimes someone there's abuse or there's mistreatment or whatever it might be. Right. That yeah. it, Saying that you are responsible yep. for the situation does not mean you are to blame and it does not mean it's, it's just, you are responsible for yourself and you're in a situation. So mm-hmm. how are you going to work with that situation? Right. And like, that's kind of a, a touchier territory that is very nuanced. So like, that's not necessarily the best example, but like, it's not to say that by taking responsibility, we are taking blame. All we're doing right. is taking back our personal <clears throat> power so that we can conduct ourselves how we need and want to in order to shift into experiencing more of what we want to experience. And like, I'll talk about this in the context of like, you know, if someone says, and I've said, been one of these people in the past, right? Like, um, (laughs) of like, why am I attracting all these people who are like wishy-washy and like, don't want to commit, blah, blah, blah. First of all, you're not committing. You're not honoring your own commitment. You're not committing right? You're not honoring your own commitment to only dating people who are also committed to safety, love, whatever it is that you are also committed to, right? And you are showing up in such a way that like, it's comes back to you. Like if there's a pattern, you are the common denominator. You are always the common denominator. And this is not to lay blame, but sometimes we're afraid to look at this because then we have to realize oh shit, like I actually have been actively participating in this pattern, you know, oftentimes unconsciously, but like everything changes when we can start to take responsibility for ourselves. And it's very exciting because it's, that's when we're taking our personal power back. Yeah, absolutely. And to give a example to like make it even, I love your example because yes, absolutely. Like if you are attracting like a certain type of person like for I had to examine and I the reason that I love that example is because I had to examine that with myself as well Mm -hmm. I was like (laughs) I was like what is going on that whoever I'm talking to is like falling into all of these categories that I don't necessarily want like what am I not honoring in myself and what am I like just saying yes to even though if I'm actually listening to what I want Mm -hmm. then I would say no. Why am I choosing to engage with this? Right. Why? Exactly. People are going to do whatever they're going to do. You know, we like people are going to do all sorts of whack shit, but we get to choose what we engage with and what we entertain. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, speaking to, and this is, this is something that I hear a lot. So it's not just like this particular person that I was speaking to. The complaint of this person complaint was, I don't feel secure with myself and my body. And I want my partner to validate me in X way. We had this exact conversation. It's like, what are you telling yourself? What relationship do you have with yourself that you don't feel secure, that you don't feel good in your own body? You know, what relationship do you have with yourself? What thoughts are you telling yourself every single day? What do you believe about yourself? What do you think is true about yourself that is having you have this insecurity but then you're pushing it off on your partner like, oh, they're not telling me I'm beautiful enough. Mm. They're not giving me enough flowers like they used to. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know, they don't give me compliments. We're not as playful as we used to be. So you're putting, you're shifting the blame to this outside source, like see all this evidence over here of why I'm not beautiful because my partner isn't doing X, Y, and Z like they used to do in our honeymoon phase. But it's like, no, actually what you want to look at is like, what do you believe to be true about yourself that's actually harmful? Mm. Like if you have the actual belief about yourself that your body is gross and that you're unlovable, mm. I do not care how many flowers your significant other gives you. It will never be enough. It will never be enough. Because you have an underlying belief about yourself and your body that isn't going to go away unless you deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this, like, this comes into the knowing that like, it starts with ourself. It starts with ourself. And then, mm -hmm. of course, it's nice to get validation. Of course right? it like, is. Of course <laughs> we want to feel connected in that way. Of course, all of these things. Yeah. But we're, we're not depending so much on the external, right? Again, right. When it backs to the internal, the dichotomy, internal, external, like when we're depending on that validation to feel even a little bit okay, yeah. we're handing our personal power away to other people, to the external, yeah. instead of focusing on creating and cultivating that power within ourselves so that, that yep. we enjoy the validation, right? And, and the validation will come even more when we are like feeling ourselves we're like oh yeah I like yeah yeah absolutely and and that's a really yeah. relative thing you brought up too which is like again another very nuanced territory we have a relationship with our body right that's another mm -hmm. great example of like that is a relationship or mm -hmm. we have a relationship with money or we have a relationship with the education I, system I was, right? I was just about to say our education, <laughs> education right so like we can look at these relationships and it's really helpful to look at it and be like, okay, just to humor myself here, if this was a relationship with another person, what would this look like? And then we can start to see with clarity where there's toxicity in those relationships mm -hmm. and kind of understand more how to like heal those relationships when we think of it in the framework of like, okay, if I was in a relationship with another person, I'm thinking about, you know, relationship with our body, for example, and they were hungry and I was giving them shit food to eat and, or mm. not feeding them or blah, blah, or neglecting them or like all right. 
things. Like right. what would be the state of affairs in that relationship? Well, there right. would be resentment. There would be disconnect. There would be all these things. So there'd be anger. There would be anger. Exactly. Mm. So then we can start to look at, okay, like what would a healthy relationship look like? Assuming that entity was a person. Well, mm -hmm. when they let me know their needs, I would support them in meeting their needs, whatever that's going to look like, right? Right. I would say nice things to them. Mm -hmm. I would blah, 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 blah. So this is such a good example of how, like what we were talking about earlier on in the conversation of relational principles apply to literally everything. Literally everything. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I just wanted to point this out uh, or share this because this is like one of my favorite things that I've ever heard about using that principle of like putting um, your your thoughts as another person. Like what if another person was standing here next to me saying everything that I'm thinking about myself right now? Mm. Like you would punch them in the face. Like if someone was standing there repeating back to you what your thoughts are saying about you, you'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, but that's your own brain. That's your it's own voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's your own brain and you're saying that stuff to yourself all right. the like, time. Oh, you did this again, you blah blah blah. And that's Something right. that um, my friend Jenna, I stole from my friend Jenna, who's also mm -hmm. a coach, this truth that the the fastest circuit to making change in your life is is healing your own personal narrative. Yeah. It's healing how you talk to yourself and exactly. a relationship with yourself that is encouraging and that is nurturing and that is mm -hmm. kind rather yeah. than berating. Because you have to think about like, we don't even realize we have really abusive relationships with ourselves. Totally. Yeah, we absolutely do. And then we yeah. wonder why we're stuck. And it's like, well, how would you feel if another person kept saying like, oh, you suck. You're never doing good enough. Everyone else is doing better than you. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Like, Constantly. No. <laughs> yeah. The amount of love that you give yourself is directly correlate to the amount of love that you're able to receive. Yes, absolutely. You know, if you, you can only receive, you can only receive the, um, the same amount of love, the level of love of which you give yourself. Yes. Otherwise, every time someone tries to tell you that they love you, tries to show you that they love you, tries to give you any sort of love at all, you know, you can't fully receive that because you don't fully love yourself. It will always be met with the filter that you use for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, it will always be met with like, oh, they just told me that they love me. Well, it's probably because they don't know how much I suck otherwise, mm -hmm. you know? Or it's probably because they want something from me. Or it's probably because da 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 da, da. But whatever your self-narrative is mm -hmm. will be directly reflected in what other people say to you because that's the only way you can hear it. Yes. And when yeah. you start saying things like, I love myself, like all those ooey gooey things, right? It's like, I love myself. I am enough. Like, I don't need any external validation. Like, I'm fucking awesome. Like, I'm a badass. Like, whatever, whatever your job is, like, start saying that you're like great at your job and mm -hmm. then go be that. But then when people give you compliments, when people tell you that they love you, you'll be able to receive it. You'll be, and not in like a cocky way, but just like a, a getting accepting right accepting and, yeah, yeah. Like, 
thank you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Genuinely, oh, thank you. Right. I love yeah. that so much. And, and, and receiving is something that, you know, can be an area of, a, of so much growth. And, and I love what you said in that, that parallels to something I often say, which is basically the exact same thing said yeah. different ways per usual. <laughs> as said, per like, usual. <laughs> as per usual. We can only meet other people as deeply as we've met ourselves. Yep. Pretty much the same thing. Yep. Yep. Because what we're talking about is our capacity, right? It's a capacity within ourselves. And like, if we have that capacity, that internal capacity, we can experience that externally, but we Mm -hmm. can't experience it with another person if we don't even have the space in the repertoire, which in the capacity within ourselves. 100%. And I did want to like roll this back around into like opening up relationships. So like, Going back to that, this is so brilliant. Like all of this is so freaking brilliant. Our primary relationship is with ourselves and exactly. any relationship beyond that, we're just opening up the relationship. It, that, yes, said beautifully, yes. said absolutely beautifully. Yes, your primary relationship is with yourself. So going back to like the example of a couple who wants to open up their relationship, right? If your primary relationship with yourself is like you're doing the work and again doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be you know you don't have to there's not like a time where you're like now i am ready but it's just like if you're doing that work mm-hmm. and uh, you're able to see and receive whatever it is that your partner is giving you and then you're able to have an authentic conversation about like what would opening up the relationship add mm. right like i'm already whole and complete myself, this relationship is already full and complete in itself. Like we are, we're able to have our fullest self-expression of the relationship, right? Cause there's you, there's the other person. And then there's the relationship. They're all three separate entities. So if you're able to have the fullest expression of your relationship with that person, or you're working towards it, or you're working inside of it, then what does it look like to open up to other people? because then it's like, oh my God, like, oh, who wouldn't want to be a part of our relationship? We're fucking awesome. (laughs) You know, like who wouldn't want to like be a part of this, like love triangle we got going on. Let's make it a love square. Let's make it a love hexagon. Like, let's go, you know, like, let's go. It all centers around you. You you are the center of, of your world. And if that is like off kilter, if it's, you know, and the great thing about that is, is that whenever anything happens, is that you have a place to look. You have a place to investigate mm-hmm. right away. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh man, that really didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. Hmm. Well, what was my responsibility in that first? start there and recognize that that is where you claim your personal power and your agency and you can't mm -hmm. you can't change a situation you can't change things Mm -hmm. until you can take responsibility for how you are part of the equation right and again it's not blame it is responsibility because if we can't take responsibility we can't change anything yeah And it doesn't, as we were saying before, you know, it doesn't make what other people do okay, Mm -hmm. right? Like just because you're taking responsibility and ownership for your own part in a situation doesn't condone anything that anyone else has done, doesn't make it okay, doesn't, you know, anything like that. Right. 
but it's, it's like, not, but it that's, doesn't even put blame on you. It says, yeah, and I right. keep, I keep repeating that because I feel like listening ears need to hear that again. And yes. Again, it's, it's not blame. It's saying, oh, well, how did I get into this situation? Well, if I'm being honest, there were indicators earlier on that I ignored because I was excited about this, or there was this, 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 and this, or like, oh, I did make this decision and mm -hmm. that led into this, right? Again, not yeah. blame, but this is the difference between feeling like you have agency in your life yeah. and feeling like life is happening to you. Totally. So I'm going to give a really vulnerable example of that. So I was married and inside of this marriage, there was a lot of financial instability and just in like a, like, again, not in like a blame way, but just in like a, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. It's like, I got two new credit cards inside of this marriage. And even though I knew that this person I was married to was irresponsible with money. Like, you know, they had already shown that they were irresponsible with money. I don't need to like give any crazy details, but it was like, it was already very clear that this person was very irresponsible with money. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, I'm going to get these two new credit cards because we need it for this reason. And da, 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 like in the moment at the time. Right. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years, now we're getting a divorce. And now I have this like huge pile of debt. Mm. And it was a conversation and, and a disagreement at one point, which how much of the debt was mine and how much was this other person's. Mm. And it was like, you know, it was all in my name because I had good credit and they had bad credit because they're not great with money. And so it was always like, it was always like, oh, we're always going to put things under Elizabeth's name because she has good credit. Mm. Right. But in doing so, then letting this person use my credit cards, letting them do whatever, mm -hmm. you know, then all of a sudden I have terrible credit at the end of it, you know, and, I, and I'm still working through that. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I could be like the victim of the situation. Like, that's how I could frame this narrative. I could be like, they spent this money. They did this. 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 Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm in such a real bad spot with debt and my credit score. Or I could take personal responsibility and be like, look, I said yes to opening up new credit card accounts. When they asked me if they could use my credit card, I said yes. And I gave it to them. Yeah. Even though I doubted myself at the time, I was like, I don't know if I trust, you know, that they're going to use this wisely. Yeah. I still said yes. I did that. Mm -hmm. And regardless of whether the narrative is blaming this person or me taking responsibility, in me taking responsibility, it's like, okay, I said yes to this. What did I learn from that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, what did I learn? How am I taking that on now? Because if I'm blaming them, what I could be doing is I could be like, you know, suing them and I could be, you know, taking legal, you know, taking them to court and like making sure that I got my money back, yeah. you know? And, but it's like, okay, well, I said yes to all these things. And so I want to, in, in taking responsibility for this, what am I committed to? Mm. I'm like, okay, I'm really committed that this be solved as amicably as possible. And then staying in conversations like, okay. And then even in those conversations, like just being like, 
yeah, I said yes to this. And this was the outcome. This wasn't the outcome that I wanted, mm-hmm. but this is the outcome out of me saying yes. And then really being able to look and like keep my power. You're talking about like keeping your personal power. It's like being able to keep my power inside of that. And even in those moments where I'm frustrated or it's not fair or this is stupid or like whatever, it's just like, nope, okay, you're right. This is stupid. Yeah, that's not untrue. But like, is that actually having me have autonomy and power in this situation, Mm -hmm. staying in this like upset of like it being unfair? No, I have no power and autonomy in that situation. Yeah. It's like, you know, now, so coming from this place of personal power, how it's worked out now is they've agreed to pay for half of it. It's all in the paperwork. It's all in the stuff. You know, instead of going to court, we signed all of the papers amicably you know, they agreed to pay for half of the attorney fees, but inside of this conversation of like, what am I taking responsibility for? And where can I release guilt and fault? And where can I just stay in this space of, you know, autonomy and power and moving forward. forward, It's like literally everything is working out. Mm, That's so awesome. That's such a good example. And that's such a good example too, of like, it's not easy. Right. No, no. Like, very understandable to have moments of like being like, God, fuck this other person. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and it's like, there's so much more agency and being able to say, okay, I said yes. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I said yes. I said yeah. yes, the whole thing. <laughs> yes. Awesome. That, thank you for sharing that example. That's perfectly yeah. illustrates everything we're talking about. So, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and I also think just to add, like, I also think sometimes, cause I am a very like happy, enthusiastic person. Yeah. And so I often think that, um, cause you know, and, and people's identity will fight this, right? People are like, no, people are unfair. The world is unfair. This is stupid. If only people would do this, then my life would be better. Blah, 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 blah. And you're just happy all the time. So everything always works out for you. Mm. And I, people like, say, people in, insinuate that a lot about, about me too. And I'm like, totally. do you even know what I do on a daily basis? <laughs> right, exactly. And I'm like, look, like yeah. my happiness has nothing to do with any struggle that I've ever faced. Yeah, It doesn't, it just doesn't. My happiness has to do with the choice that I have every single day to be yeah. happy or not. Like yeah. that's, and to take responsibility for my own shit. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And to look honestly and transparently about and, and clear up anything weighing down your happiness mm-hmm. instead of avoiding it. Yeah. 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 Which is not always easy. Nope. But it's, <laughs> it's really fucking worth it. <laughs> As always, we covered so much. There's so much juice in this episode. Any closing statements while you have a, a captive audience? Anything you just <laughs> want to relay? Yeah, we, I mean, we did. We covered so much in this episode. And I think just to like recap, um, what I'd really love for people to, to get is just whatever it takes to love yourself. Whatever it takes to love yourself, go do that. Just go be on a self-discovery of loving yourself and, you know, take things on even if you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. Mm. If something is like exciting to you, just say yes to it. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. follow follow the the pulse of the excitement. Who you'll find yourself to be in saying yes to something that excites you, like who you'll find yourself to be in overcoming fear and obstacles and uncertainty and mapping out your life and discovering your commitments and failing over and over again and then winning, you know, a few times after that, that is the path to like self-love. Yeah. Something one of my coaches says a lot and kind of a, something she has offered me is the understanding of self-love as the amount of time you love being yourself. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I, that feels so true to me. And when you pursue those pulses of what excites you, suddenly you're having a friggin' blast, even on ridiculous dates. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Boom, baby. Nice job. <laughs> um, nice on that note, how can people find you? Um, where can they find your podcast? How can they find your website if they want to work with you? All that good stuff. Yes. Yeah, so everything is pretty much attached to my website, Elizabeth Ann Cunningham.com. That's Elizabeth with a Z and without an E. And then Cunningham like clever pig. <laughs> <laughs> dot com and then from there you can find my podcast my podcast is called love dripping from the walls you can actually just google love dripping from the walls it's the only thing named that so it pops up right away i'm literally like the first full page on google it makes me so happy yeah all of like my instagram everything and you can book me on my website so if you want to book a free discovery call with me please do oh my gosh please do i would you know what i'm really committed to and we've touched on this in this episode but like really what i'm committed to is that you get what you need Mm -hmm. and if that's working with me then that's working with me Mm -hmm. if that's not working with me then that's not working with me but inside of a free discovery call like really discovering like what you need wonderful well thank you so much and i'll see you soon i love you oh my gosh thank you so much for having me on my pleasure (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pillow Talk Radio. I'm Cora Boyd, and make sure to subscribe so we can keep you in the loop. In the interim, you can find me on Instagram at TheCoraBoyd, YouTube, Cora Boyd, website, CoraBoydCoaching.com. Have an excellent rest of your day, night, morning, evening, whatever it is, wherever you are, and we'll catch you next week.